All right, guys, if you want to take your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to finish up the chapter today. And I'm really excited about the, the study this morning. So um, let me just start by talking about, well, I'll tell you what, I want to read a little bit. I want to read a little bit first. So get to Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse number 22. And let me read just a couple of verses here before I give you my introduction. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit, to you, submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water, so that he might pre- present the, the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. As we look at these passages together, I think a lot of times we fail to see what the context is. Remember, we have to always look at the context. And one of the reasons I've been taking you completely through the book of Ephesians is I don't want us to lose the context of what's happening. So what we started off with in the book of Ephesians is, is you've got some Jews that weren't following after the Lord. You've got some Gentiles who didn't even know the Lord or the things of the Lord. And then, and then God brings them together, makes a new thing called the church. It doesn't matter whether you're Jew. It doesn't matter whether you're Gentile. And now you've become this new thing, the church. And he says, and I want you to start getting along. Now, here's what I'm going to do to help you. I'm going to give you men that are going to help you do that. So I'm going to give you apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor teachers so that they can edify you, so that they can build you up, so that you'll do the work of the ministry, right? Uh, Not necessarily so that the pastors will do all that, but they can edify you and build you up to do that. Now, here's what's going to take to do that. We're getting, we need to not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, right? We need to understand our Bibles. We need to understand what we believe. We need to come into unity. Amen? You with me? We all need to be on the same page. We all need to understand the same things. We all need to have that same kingdom mindset and moving forward with that same thing. That brings us up to speed with where we are now because now what he's going to do is he's going to say, we need to work on relationships. Now, if you know our tagline, it is ministry runs on the rails of relationships. You believe that? You believe that? Listen, some of you guys have got friends sitting next to you. I'm telling you, that is the way it works, is you need to invite your friends. You need to talk about Jesus. You need to live openly before the Lord. Ministry runs on the rails of relationships. But the very first relationship that he talks about here is not the relationship from friend to friend, although he will get to that. What he talks about first is marriage. I think that's interesting. Why would he, why would he pick out marriage as the first one. Now listen, don't lose the context. The context isn't you just need to have a good marriage. That's not the context of this passage. The passage is in the midst of the church, we need to have relationships in our marriages that are godly. We need to have godly marriages. If we're going to be unleashed on this world, if we're going to be unleashed on this community, let me tell you what everybody is struggling with. Everybody is struggling with relationships, and number one, the biggest problem we have is the marriage relationship. And don't you know, don't you understand that the devil is trying his hardest to break up marriages? Do you get that? If you get that, give me an amen, hallelujah, yes, something, right? 
you've got to understand that there is a demonic force out there that does not want you to survive. They want your kids to grow up without dads or moms or whatever the case is. They want broken homes because that suits them better in what they're trying to do and where they're trying to go in the agenda uh, that Satan has or Antichrist as we move forward. I love the scriptures where it tells us, listen, Antichrist, although the Antichrist has not yet come on the scene, Antichrist is already here. You with me? So we need to have godly marriages inside the church. Now, here's something that really makes me sad. You look at statistics. Used to be 50% of marriages fail. Uh, It's now 51 or even getting higher than that. That 51% of all marriages fail. Now, you would want to say that inside the church, well, you know, because we know Jesus and we understand relationships and, and, and we know how to function properly, that that's not really the case, right? The problem is, is that when you look at the statistics of, of divorce inside the church, it's exactly the same as outside the church. 51% of all first marriages fail. 82% of all second marriages fail. of all third marriages fail, right? That's not a good track record. Guys, listen, that's not a good track record in the church. But let's think about that. Why are we the same as the lost world who does not know God, does not know the things of God? Let me tell you, let me give you the answer to that. The reason why it's the same is because people are functioning the same. They're handling their relationships not according to the ways of the Lord, but according to the ways of this world and the ways that Antichrist is teaching them to live. And so because of that, the marriages inside the church are failing just as much as the one outside the church. We've got to get to the place that we change the way that we function. We have to change the way that we talk to each other. We have to change the way that we interact with one another, uh, husbands to wives. We have to understand that there is a God-given structure that God has set that that, that we need to understand and we need to come back to. Now, this is not popular. I'll be honest with you. What I'm about to say is not popular. Because there's a bunch of women that are like, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. And I think there's a reason for that. But if you'll hold on for just a minute, I'm telling you, the structure that God has established is the only structure that works. Was that complicated? The the structure that God has established is the only structure that works. Now, truthfully... If I had you guys show hands, we would probably be 51% or better in this room of people that have been divorced. In this room, right? So I think this is very applicable to us today in the things that we're going to learn and the things that we're going to understand. So I want you to look at it biblically with me, and we're going to start with the role of the wife. Okay, we're going to start with the role of the wife. This is not my opinion. This is not something that I've come up with. These are not cutesy little sayings. This is, in fact, the Word of God. So we're going to talk about the role of the wife and as it's been defined since creation. So I need you to do something for me. I need you to take your Bibles, hold your place there in Ephesians chapter 5, but I also want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians. If you'll look with me in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, we're going to spend some time in a couple of verses here in chapter 11. So while you're turning there, let me review 
Ephesians. You're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Ephesians says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now all the husbands said? Yeah, yeah. Right? So, um, so listen, you know, that's one of those points where we don't like that word submission, do we? Like, you know, I mean, really, that's, that's the thing when it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Because it really means let someone else have authority over you or that you're going to humble yourself and be subordinate to another person, right? Submission is not an easy thing. It goes against everything in our nature. It takes a lot of trust to be subordinate to someone, right? Um, we do better at this in the work environment because we have to. Isn't it crazy that we would obey a boss more because of the structure that's been established, and there's a paycheck at the end of it, right? Because sometimes we have bosses that we can't stand, but yet we will be subordinate. Why? Because you know at the end of the week that you're going to get paid for your trouble, right? But yet in the marriage relationship, somehow we don't sanctify that enough that we would even submit in those situations and that be a better scenario or a better relationship than the one you have at work. I wonder how many divorces are caused because of work. I need to, I need to fulfill my career. I need to, what? At the cost of your family? At the cost of your marriage? Let me just, listen, if, you, if almighty dollar is your God, then absolutely, you are right. But if your God is the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not right. You need to go back and say, wait a minute, the most important thing that I have is the family that God has given me and that structure in which he's given me to function in. So here's the problem, Okay. Here's the first thing that I want to say to you ladies, is that it's hard to submit, isn't it? It's hard sometimes. And ladies, listen, you can speak up. It's all right. It's hard to submit sometimes to a man who's not living godly. It's hard to submit to a guy who doesn't believe. It's hard to submit to a guy that if you're not careful, he's going to hit you. God forbid. But let's be real. I mean, let's be honest, right? These things happen. Or if he doesn't hit you, he's going to talk so negatively and down to you, you would have rather he hit you. Am I touching anybody in there? They're like, I'm not shaking my head. <laughs> listen, I, I just want you to know, ladies, listen, I, I want you to know it's tough. I, I want you to understand that I understand. Trust me, I've done tons of counseling. I've done, I've done enough in my own marriage to understand that it was hard for Kim sometimes to follow after me and to, to really submit and say, you know what, I'm just going to do what God has told me to do in spite of my husband, in spite of the circumstances around me. That's tough. It's tough. But yet that's what needs to happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says this. When you look at uh, verse number 3. I, I, just verse number one, just because I like it. He says, be, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I want you to notice that several times, we started off chapter five with him saying that, listen, as dear children, be imitators of God, right? And then, and then Paul comes back and he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I want you to know that one of the things that Kim and I talk about all the time is giving you guys an example that you can follow. 
We want to be that husband and wife that you guys can look at and say, listen, that's what we need to have. That's the kind of relationship that we, that we need to have. That's the way we need to talk to each other and function together. And, and, and when we do make each other mad or we have breakdowns in our relationship, that's the way we need to fix it. If you guys have gone through marriage counseling with us, probably what you've heard a lot of is, yeah, we've been there. We've been there. Let me tell you how we did it. Let me tell you when I, when I realized what an idiot I was. Right? This is the kind of counseling I give. I, I'm just trying to let you know it's not easy. Going on verse number three. He says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. Your husband is not in charge. If you're living in a godly structured relationship, your husband is not in charge. Who's in charge? Christ is the head of the man. Christ is the one who should be running your home. Right? That's why whenever you stand up in, uh, before a minister or whatever you do, you do that in the sight of God and you commit yourselves to one another in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Right? Because the Lord is the head of the home. The head of the man is Christ. He goes on, he says, the head of the wife or the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Right? Go down to verse number seven with me. Look down at verse number seven. He says, For a man ought not to cover his head, uh, since he is in the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of who? The woman is the glory of the man. Let me teach you guys a little bit about gardening. Uh, that, that, that word husband uh, is, comes from husbandry, right? And it talks about a garden. Um, well, I, I tell people this all the time. If I want to know what kind of husband you are, I don't listen to what you say. Okay? Uh, I don't listen to what you say when we talk about, because you're going to tell me how good you are, right, or, 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 or how good you think you are. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at your garden. I'm going to look at your wife. I'm going to look at the way that your wife interacts with you. I'm going to weigh the, the, the way that your wife interacts with others, the way that she handles her kids, the way that she does those things. Because, listen, if your wife is always downtrodden, and she's never able to bloom and never able to, to, to be herself and do her own thing. Listen, that's not her fault, guys. I'm telling you right now. That's the husband's fault. And I look at the husband and I say, wait a minute. Husband, what's happening here? How are you not watering your wife? How are you not gardening? How are you not taking care of your wife so that she can be all that she's supposed to be? Now, every, time you, every once in a while you get a wild flower. Right? So ladies, sometimes it's you. Okay? But what I'm saying is, is that husbands, I'm telling you, the gardener has the ability to make his garden whatever he wants to make it. The wife is the glory of the man. The man is not the glory of the wife. Okay? Let's go on. There's something else I want you to see here. Look at verse number 8. He says, for a man was not made for woman. I want you to catch this. Get what was said here. A man was not made for a woman, but a woman for a man. I hear sometimes women saying, you know, the men ought to serve me. Men ought to do these things for me. Listen, I, the, I think you need to serve each other, no question about it. But you don't ever want to forget the way that God established this thing is that God established a woman for the man, not the other way around. Guys, that ought to be a huge blessing to you. And you ought to respect that blessing. But here's what he says, not only, not only that, but going on to verse number 9, he says, Neither was a man created for a woman, but woman for a man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority over her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in, 
in the Lord, uh, women, um, in, in the Lord, wo- woman is not independent of man nor man of woman. Why? Because everybody in here has got a mama, right? Uh, you came fr- from a woman. So God made us interdependent on each other, and he did that on purpose, right? He did that on purpose, I'm telling you, because he knows how we are, right? So he just put us interdependent on each other so that we don't abuse the situation or the structure that God has given, okay? Now, let's go back, and I want you to see in Genesis chapter 2. So go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis is the very first book. Look at Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to see when woman was created, okay? And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18. Genesis two eighteen. The Bible says this. Let me see if I'm there. Yeah, it says, then the, then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So the woman is to come along and help the man in his mission. God had given man a mission, told him what to do. He had set him in the garden. He said, now I want you to keep it. I want you to, to, to bring the fruit of it. Um, and, and, and I want you to reproduce. Well, the problem is man can't do that by himself. Right? God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to give him a help. Um, you know, sometimes in, in the old times, they used to say a help meet, right? Which I, drove me insane because that's not really what, he, what he's trying to say. He's going to give him a help that's adequate, right? So when you look at this scripture, what happens is it says that God then creates the beasts of the field at this moment, whether that would have been, I don't know, oxen or horses or whatever those things were, and he brought them unto the man to see what he would call them. And that wasn't just Adam sitting around going, you're a giraffe, you're a snake, you're a... That, that's not what was happening. He was bringing these animals unto, unto Adam to say, is this an adequate help for you? Is this the thing that will help you? And I can just see Adam saying, man, that horse... He's strong, right? Uh, he can plow. He, I can ride him. He, you know, but uh, it's just as far as what I need, that's good for the field. That's that's good for the for the mission. But for what I need, a horse really doesn't get it done. Maybe for some of you, it's a dog, right? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Dogs are not people. Let it soak in for a second. Some of you guys need to really consider, dogs are not people. I don't want to see your pictures of sweaters on dogs. Uh, Listen, God took care of them and he gave them whatever, right? They're not people. And although they might help you, they're not the same as your spouse. Listen, some of you are like, I'll take the dog any day. The dog loves me unconditionally. He eats what he's supposed to eat, right? He's he's fine, right? Uh, Clean up a little bit of crap and he's fine, right? I get it, but, but Adam, but God brings, God brings these to Adam, and Adam says, man, we're just, Lord, we're just not hitting the mark. And so what does God do? The Bible says that a deep sleep falls upon Adam. He takes from his side a rib, and from that rib, from man's bones, he makes a, a woman, right? He, he makes a counterpart, and then he brings the woman unto the man to see what he would call her. And he said, now this is woman. This is bones of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is something that we can really come together and we could be one. Right? 
Um, not necessarily in a sexual connotation. That's not what that's talking about. It's talking about the fact that we can interact and be one-minded. We can be unified. Now, as soon as that happens and God brings the woman unto the man, listen, you have a triune thing that happens there that was never supposed to be lost. God, man, and the help, the woman. And the three of them functioning in unity. Does that sound familiar? Kind of like the Trinity? Right? Now, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really trying to get deep. I mean, I'm just telling you what he did, right? Because aren't we made in the image and likeness of God? And so God has said, I tell you what, I'm going to make you triune. I'm going to set it so that you're a triune individual. Because listen, when you come together with your husband and your wife and God is the head... You have all the power of the Godhead. It's, it's amazing. God does some amazing things through that. So, when we're talking about the woman, here's the next thing I want you to understand, ladies. And this is, we're going to go over to 1 Peter. And, and I think I've got this one up on the screen for you guys. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 say this. It says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Right? We've already read that same word as submission. Right? But I want you to notice what it says here. So that even if some do not obey the word. Now, who is that even if some? That's the husbands, right? Okay, so here's what he's saying. And this is what I want you to understand. Is that submission has the power to save. Okay, wives. Listen, you, you want to be evangelistic? Submission has the power to save your husband. Let me tell you how you're not going to win your husband if he's lost. If he doesn't know the Lord, if he doesn't know the things of the Lord, you being defiant or you taking his role is not going to be the way that you're going to win him. That'll be the way to suppress him and eventually have him walk out the door. And I'll be honest with you that this is what happens a lot of times in the, in the family. And I think, I think women just out of ignorance, not understanding what's really happening because Listen, they, they come to Christ, they want things to be done properly in their family, they want to raise their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The husband's downstairs playing video games, or he's doing whatever else, or, or he's running around, or whatever, and so the wife just says, you know what, somebody's got to pick up the mantle, somebody's got to be the man here, so I'll be the man, I'll take care of the kids, I'll be the one who provides, I'll be the one who does everything that needs to be done, I'll teach them their memory verses, I'll take them to church, I'll do all these things and what you're really doing is you're suppressing the man with all good intentions with all good intentions and you know what the man does okay if you want to do all that I don't care that's fine you go ahead what would happen though if women understood wait a minute I'm not going to take those roles. Listen, I understand this from my own leadership style, right? Um, I have the ability to do a lot of things. I understand a lot of things. And if I'm not careful, man, I can just run over people, right? I can just run over things um, because I can accomplish things, right? And what ends up happening, though, is I suppress people. Can I be honest with you this morning? Is that okay? I suppress people, and I don't let them do what their God-given abilities are to do and I have to sit back. Whether I can do it or not makes no difference. I need to sit back and I need to say that is not 
my responsibility. God has not given that to me. So I will concede and I'll be subordinate and I'll let this other person do what God has told them to do. Ladies, listen. You have the power to save through submission. Look at the scripture. It says, likewise, wives, do not subject, uh, 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 be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respect and your pure conduct. I wonder, what if we were to sit back and say, I wonder if my husband is exactly the same because I've taken all this, ladies. I've taken all this responsibility. Trying to do right for my family, trying to do the things right for my family. Instead of letting my husband be the husband. This is one of the things that I I really feel like the ladies need to learn today. That if you have a husband who's not following after Christ... You need to learn how to win him. Respect him. Submit to him. You say, you don't know what you're asking me to do. I know you chose him. (laughs) I know you chose him, right? So you need to take that God-given ability. Now, you guys that are single, be careful who you choose. Amen? Be careful who you choose. Be careful who you latch your cart behind because it's latched. It's there. And I'll be honest with you, some of you guys that have been divorced, are, 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 are the ex-wives gone? Are the ex-husbands gone? No, they're still there. Right? You didn't get rid of anything, you just added to. Which is exactly what 1 Corinthians tells us, is that we just multiply upon ourselves these troubles instead of just fixing the relationships and being what they're supposed to be. I love you this morning. And so I'm going to speak truth to you, okay? But here's what I want you to do, wives. I want you to start practicing out of respect for the Lord, the one who's actually running the home. I'm going to respect my husband. And, listen to me, secretively, I'm going to demand of him that he play that husband role. Okay? What I mean by that is that you're not his judge, you're not his jury, you're not the one that needs to be nagging in his face, because I'm telling you that's what he thinks, is that you're nagging me all the time. How come you're not going to church? How come you're not teaching the kids? How come you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Why don't you have a job? Get a job, right? I mean, you know, and so on and on it goes of how ladies are like in the ear of their man, right? Trying to get them. All you're doing is saying you are worthless. That's all he's hearing. All he's hearing is, you're worthless, you're worthless, you're worthless. Because you're going up the chain. Let me give you the secret. You need to honor him, respect him, and pray. You need to pray. Here's what you need to pray, ladies. Lord, you're in charge. You know my husband. You know what he's doing. You know what he's not doing. I need you to kick him in the rear. I need you to tell him what I cannot tell him. I need you to be the boss that he needs you to be in his life. I need conviction. I need all those things to come on my husband. And Lord, I will trust you, Key. I will trust you. 
and I will pray for my husband, and I will honor you, Lord, by honoring him. Would you do a work in my husband? And then you better hang on. Because God is very capable of taking care of his man. God is very capable of running his house. Amen? Okay, so if a woman, out of ignorance or out of defiance, either one, begins to usurp that role and begins to either be judge, jury, or whatever, then what you're really saying, what you're really saying is, I don't trust the Lord. I don't trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Listen, when you do that, the Bible says that God is seeking to and fro, going throughout all the earth, seeing whom he can show himself strong to. And I'll guarantee you, when there is a woman who's praying unto the Father and God is hearing from heaven, do you not think he's going to answer that prayer? Now listen, I don't know how he's going to answer that prayer. He, he might have that guy walk off. Listen, he, he, he might have that guy who's the unbeliever, who, who doesn't want to fellowship with the things of God, who doesn't want to live in the, in, in the house of the Lord. He might literally have him say, listen, I'm done. Do you know what the Bible says at that point? Let the unbelieving depart. That's what it says. Maybe God's going to answer it that way. Or maybe what's going to happen is that God is going to begin to work on his heart, bring other godly men into his life that are going to teach him and train him what he needs to be and how he needs to be it. But you're going to have to trust. And that might not be overnight. This is the hard part, isn't it? It might take years. But are you willing to let God be God and do that? All right. You know what? I'll tell you what. This is what we're going to do. We need to chew on that. We need to chew on that. I got a whole other thing for the guys. We're going to do that next week. This is what I want you to do right now. As we enter into this time of evaluating our families and understanding what this is. Ladies, I can feel standing up here. I can feel the pressure from you of what I'm saying. If you're here and you're with your husband today, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to get together, husband and wife, and I want you to begin to pray for your families. I want you to begin to just pray. And I'm talking about we're going to split up here in a second. I want you to move your chairs together, whatever you need to do, put a hand on one another, and I want you to pray as a family And pray for your marriage. Pray for the structure. Pray that God would be the preeminence in everything that you're doing so that the things that we're talking about are are, are coming to pass. Now, there's going to be some ladies in here you don't have husbands or your husbands are not here. Listen, ladies, I want you to find another lady. And I want you to pray with that lady. Okay? Um, Kim, I'm going to set you free. I want you to to pray with ladies if you, if you feel you need to do that, okay? So, um, but if you don't have someone here, maybe your husband is not doing, there's probably somebody else in this room that can empathize with you. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for yourself. God, teach me how to live in the structure that I need to live in, that you've given me. But then I also want you to pray for your husband. God, would you strengthen him? Would you speak to him? Would you talk to his heart? On the inside. Listen, ladies, if you're here, you're single. 
Uh, single ladies, I want you to find single ladies because I want you guys to pray about finding godly husbands. Because you have the opportunity at this moment. The Bible says you being free, you have the opportunity this moment where, where you get to choose what kind of man that you have. Okay? Some ladies come into relationships and they think, well, this is what I'm hoping that it's going to be. Please don't enter in relationships like that. You need to open your eyes. You need to see what it is because that's what it is. Okay? If, if, if you're dating a guy and he doesn't have a job or he can't provide or all the, and you say, well, I'm just going to hope that everything, get, don't do that. I'm telling you, I counsel those people 20, 25 years later. They're like, it's never been that. I said, no, it is exactly what it was. You have the ability to choose. Pray for wisdom. Pray for strength. Pray for protection. Listen, let God, let the Lord Jesus Christ, as you're looking for that man, here's what you need to be praying. Lord, what is the man that I can really get behind? You ever think like that? What's the man like, like I can, like I can see where he's going. Like this guy's got clear direction. He knows what he's trying to do in life. He knows what he set his, his sights on and it's godly and it's kingdom minded. And dude, I can get behind that. Then I would say, get behind that. But if you're looking at this guy going, man, I might have to get him out of bed in the morning. I mean, like he's not going to eat unless I fix him a plate. Like, he's not going to be able to eat his steak unless I cut his meat. I'm just saying, right? I'm, I'm just saying. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting too personal here, right? But listen, however you're handling your family, you do your thing. But this is what I want you to do right now. I just want you to break up. I want you to pray for each other. I want you to have a time of prayer. Here in a moment, Josh is going to call us back with a song. Come back. Let's worship together. I've got a couple of announcements we're going to be done for today. Let's give this thing to the Lord. Let's give our marriages to the Lord. Amen.